Cliff Central is turning one, and to celebrate, we're giving away half a million rand in smartphones. Half a million rand in smartphones. You could win just by listening to Cliff Central on WeChat every day during every show. Yeah, baby. If you want an upgrade or you need a new smartphone, we'll hook you up. Win with Cliff Central and WeChat for the month of April and visit cliffcentral.com for details. T's and C's apply. It's time for a WeChat workout. WeChat. Go to the Cliff Central account. Tap connect. Then message to show. Stay informed and up to date. It's the Daily Maverick Show. Tuesdays, 1 to 2 p.m. on cliffcentral.com. You're now tuned in to the Daily Maverick Show on Cliff Central. Thanks for tuning in. I'm joined in studio by Liberty Africa's Lee Molefi. Lee, welcome to the show. Hey, what up, man? Man, I've been dying to get you on radio. That wow. voice, it's like Barry White, Louis Armstrong, all in one. Hey, man. come on, get out of here, it's, it's an honor. My, my, my voice man crush is now being realized. <laughs> But really, man, thank you so much for coming on. Gee, man, thank you. Thank you for having me. I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to it. Fantastic. Sweet. And of course, our usual, Greg Nicholson, uh, head of all things political at the Daily Maverick. Thanks for coming back, man. Thanks for having me. I'm not quite sure if I'm the head of all things political, I but let's stick with uh, that. Let's, I like it. Let's stick with it. <laughs> okay. Cheers. Now, what, what, what I really want to talk about, I mean, I've been wondering, so I'm sitting at home, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching the TV, I'm watching Twitter, and, yep. and things look crazy in terms of, in terms of the xenophobic violence we've been seeing. Some of it in KZN and Gauteng. And, and, and it's hard to believe, it's hard to believe that these are images we're seeing in post-apartheid South Africa, to be honest. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm just trying to think back. It's been about three weeks now. Uh, there's a lot of reports of, of up to seven people that have been killed in the violence. Over 300 people have been arrested and hundreds of thousands dipla- displaced. We, we have camps um, in KZN, in Gauteng, in Pretoria, um, where, where some of the people who are most vulnerable are, are, are be able to be safe and be fed and be clothed. But, but things are looking quite crazy, man. I mean, Greg Lee, I know this is something you've been watching, so I really want to, I really want to get an idea from you of, of what's going on. Um, so, I mean, sure. just quite, firstly, just a big general question is, is, and Lee, let's go with you first, is, cool. is this something that you think is increasing? Just very generally speaking, do you think it's on the rise? Is it decreasing? Is there any kind of trend in terms of the violence and what we're seeing? No, I, I don't actually think so. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think xenophobic attitudes have been something that have been quite, um, sort of recurrent in, in, in you know, that, that, that is quite recurrent in, in the language that a lot of South Africans use. Yeah. Um, and so, for example, I, th- I think, in fact, we have a situation now where because of social media, because of the internet, yeah. and, you know, because, because how, of how quickly and how easily people can share Im- the imagery that you were speaking about yeah. earlier, yeah. Uh, it compounds, you know, uh, how it looks. So, for example, in 2008, we had the very same thing. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, 63 people died yeah. in 2008. That, that means that the situation was worse. However, this time we're seeing a global backlash. We're seeing so much more, so many more people talking about it, so many more people getting involved, uh, simply because of, it's, it's, it's kind of changed, you know, how, how people communicate these things have kind of changed. I don't think that this is, uh, something that's, you know, that's sort of sparked up right now, okay. uh, or, or that's entirely new at all. Um, you know, I, I, I think sort of xenophobic attitudes have been kind of, you know, present in, 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 in a lot of the dialogue uh, that a lot of people have, even those, even, you know, even not the panga wheeling yeah. man that you see on the yeah. side of the road, uh, you know, it, Sometimes it's not that, it's not that guy. Okay. Now that's what I, yeah. I actually want to hear from you. Some of these, these attitudes. I like, I like that right. you brought up the, the, the quote unquote panga wielding man. Yeah. So, but I just want to take a step back. Now you were in, you were in Durban last week for the peace march. Sure. Right. So could you just walk us through that? What, what, what was the peace march? What, what was going on there before you get to the ground? What, what's a peace march? Firstly, what is a peace march? The peace march was, uh, was a march organized by the Kazan government. Okay. Um, sort of, you know, to, to, to rally and mobilize a community to march against, okay. uh, the, the xenophobic attacks. Um, and we went down there as, as, as part of the, as part of the peace bus initiative. Okay. Um, where we, you know, we, we gathered a couple of people in, in, into a bus to go down and, 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 and show a face. Okay. Uh, importantly, the, the idea was to, to have South African faces, to have mm. South African people, uh, act, you know, actively being seen, uh, you know, to stand against, uh, xenophobia, uh, given that, you know, that is pretty much the epicenter of the xenophobic yeah. attacks this, in, you know, this time around. Yeah. Um, so, you know, there we are. We had a march. Okay. We got about 10,000 people marching through the Durban Oof. streets. Okay. 
Um, and what I was mean, the reaction? How do you, I mean, how did the, what was the, you're there, you're 10,000 strong in the yeah. heart of the, of the xenophobic attacks? Like, were you received well? Were, you, were, were people like, was there another mob that came to meet you? Like, there was, yeah, there really, really was. Jesus. And the craziest thing, right? Yeah. When, when I got there was yeah. that a lot of the onlookers, uh, a lot of sort of the ordinary people were very unapologetic about their view that, uh, you know, that, that foreigners are problematic. You know, uh, that was something that was shocking for me when we got there. You know, you have people literally on the sidelines of the march, um, you know, sort of screaming, shouting, Mabahambe, um, you know, which, which, and, and, and so, you know, you have a very polarized community where there are people that stand steadfastly against it. And there are people that kind of very openly believe, you know, that, that that's the way things should be. Um, so that was very striking for me. You know, that I mean, it sounds tense. Were you, were you scared? Would you ever think that it might become like mob on mob, like, like, I think violence? so. I think, I think there was definitely a sense of, there was definitely a lot of tension. Yeah. Um, a lot of police presence, very okay. strong police presence. So, so, the, so that went a long way as far as reassuring people, um, of, of, of our safety. Uh, so, so, so that was fine. And, and, and I can definitely commend the, 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 the Durban police for that. Um, you know, and, and another thing is, the craziest thing is a lot of these people were all or, ordinary people. That's so like what I do you say, mean? Yeah. What do you mean by ordinary so, so, people? So when I say, and you know, when I said earlier, the panga, I mean, the xenophobe yeah. isn't always the panga. I mean, that's what we man. see on, that's what we you see on the newspaper. Exactly, There's a guy exactly. picking a panga it and he looks, he no. looks, you know, it, it sounds like this other very simple right. kind of person who's, right. who's, you know, almost crazy that you crazy can't see guy. Doesn't know anything. Who's born and bred for violence? That's Couldn't, what he looks like. Right? Absolutely. So what, what, what kind of people were you interacting with now when you we were, were interacting with, with women? Yeah. Mothers. Yeah. Uh, you know, ordinary looking citizens, mm. taxi drivers. Yes. Um, you know, and, and again, you know, the, the sort of the archetype, the, the you know, the stereotype that people have in their heads about yeah. the taxi driver. So, yeah. you know, uh, and, and, you know, we had ordinary sort of bystanders. Yeah. Um, People that uh, a lot of the people and and, and here's a crazy thing yeah. that that even for the cops yeah. because we, we had a point a little later on in the day where cops had to disperse crowds, uh, you know that were supposedly mobs, but they had trouble you know differentiating <laughs> because they're coming from who? this exactly. giant mob full of petrol bombs right. and it's like regular and people from work who are just like hey it's you could have trouble separating the xenophobe from the you know the people on the sidelines yeah. saying no these guys must go versus the people who were part of the march uh, was something that was very very striking for me. Um, I mean, did you get a chance to talk to anyone? So I did. Now I'm, I'm actually just thinking of a regular middle class person. No, goes to work, works at I wouldn't a, say middle class. Okay. No, I, I wouldn't okay. say middle class, yeah. but, um, you know, it's, it's your regular working person. Okay. Um, anybody who's, you know, anybody who sort of works in the informal economy yeah. to a cashier, yeah. for example, or somebody who works at Nando's. Yeah, like, like a right? bank or fast food or whatever, yeah. supermarket, something so, like that. And you, yeah, you got to talk to some of them and what, what, what are they saying? A lot. A, 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 a lot of them reduced it to a matter of immigration policy. Okay. Uh, you know, it's, 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 you know, they, they sort of try to rationalize about saying, Hey, uh, you know, look, we, 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 we have an immigration issue. South Africa's immigration policy is too liberal. It places the people at the bottom at risk. Resources are limited and so forth. And also a lot of them would say things like, well, um, you know, sure, we don't condone the violence. However, you know what I'm saying? Um, okay. So but, it's, like, it's not like it's a rational, like immigration based, Argument and, How, and they are saying they don't condone the violence. Yeah. However, 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 however <laughs> given the context, yeah, this is very flammable. Yeah. You know, and, and and that speaks to our society generally. Uh, I, I believe you know we, we we have a very problematic way of engaging uh, in civic issues. Civic engagement in South Africa finds expression by by via violent protest action, and that's something that's the larger context that we need to contend with. You know, it, it doesn't matter what their grievances are. Uh, the, but you know, but. In the South African political context, mm. people at that level of our society often find expression, often find political expression by violent political, uh, violent protest action. Uh, and, and so, you know, those claims, those comments, as much as you may be sitting there going, well, I hold these views. However, I wouldn't necessarily grab a panga. Mm. Your comments are very, very flammable, you know, are, 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 are very, um, or, you know, or ca- can spark violent action from, 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 from other people. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very, de- so it's a very delicate situation. Uh, however, it was very interesting for me to see, um, how, and, and, you know, I, I had an interview with some people, yeah. uh, a couple of taxi drivers, mm. 
uh, and others. And, you know, the interview with the taxi drivers was particularly interesting because they, you know, they definitely tried to rationalize it. Um, Even the violence. So they're, they're, they're not anti-violence. They are. Are they, are they overtly saying, no, they must leave and we're going to make them leave? Or? Yeah, okay. they are. Okay. They are. And, and they're saying, uh, you know, if they don't leave or, or, you know, we're doing this because, you know, enough is enough yeah. or, 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 or whatever, which, you know, which is a xenophobe's viewpoint. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, to, to, to see that, it, you know, it, it's, it, it's something that within that part of the community, uh, is a matter of discourse, is a, you know, is, is something that's openly discussed was very, very interesting for me because often we, we, we kind of miss out on, on sort of, you know, on reaching that context and, you know, and, and taking part in the discourse at that level and being able to tackle these problematic attitudes at that level, you know. Okay. I think, I mean, thank you for that. I think it's, 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 it's really interesting for me to hear like that this, this is a regular person who's, you know, who's going to work and so on and, yeah. and is, is, is not different from, cause I think there's, from what I'm reading and seeing, there seems to be this difference between your quote unquote regular South African sure. who understands that we don't resort to violence and that's bad and your irregular South African who's on the streets and is, is panga wielding. So it's, it's, I really like this, like this, you sharing that this is a normal, like, Person with uh, children and a family, and it's, it's a regular person. Sorry, I think Greg, so. you wanted to say something. Mm. Lee, I just wanted to know uh, mm. from those people we spoke to in Durban who said we don't support violence yeah. but, but and had anti um, immigrant yeah. um, sentiments. Did any of them reference King Goodwill's Wellatini's comments? Did you, did you get a sense from some of these, some of these guys in Durban on the streets that, that the King's comments has really made an impression on them? Uh, the people I spoke to directly, no. Uh, however, I, you know, so, so there, there, there was a mob, um, that had gathered, um, as, as we passed by a taxi rank. Now, I don't, I don't know, I don't know Durban too well. However, there was, there was a taxi rank along our, 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 our path. Um, and, you know, a lot of the songs they were singing, a lot of the chants they were making were mm. very, uh, Zulu. Okay. You know, you, they, they, they were very, you know, they kind of had a very, um, uh, you know, it, it, it resembled a bit of an, an, an IFP gathering in the early 1990s. You know, it, they certainly had a bit of a, um, so no, there, there wasn't an open sort of, hey, the king said, therefore, however, um, I, I, I could sense, and, 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 you know, and, 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 and is a, it is, it could be a bit of a reach. I will admit that. However, I can't imagine that uh, the king's comments uh, did not uh, find, you know, uh, d- didn't fuel uh, that th- th- those kind of particularly identity-based uh, uh, notions of us versus them. And while we are under threat from them, uh, I certainly think so. I'd like to know a little bit more about this mob of what it was reported as a mob breaking up this peace march or at yeah. the end because I think it was watching from Joburg just following on Twitter and things like that and seeing the Star newspaper the next morning it was they, they led with a big picture of people running the streets and tear gas being deployed sure and personally I was shocked seeing that this is a march where the premier of KZN is in attendance mm-hmm. um, a lot of people were gathered against xenophobia and yet we can't even keep it peaceful even this sort of march is, is that the right reading of this situation how did you feel at the end of the march so yeah, I mean, like I said, it was a very openly, it was a very obvious, uh, you know, dichotomy. Uh, you know, you had people that were for and you had people that were, that were against. And, you know, even as the march was going on, there were people on the sidelines going, you know, ma You know, it was a very, a very open and even people within the march, uh, within the anti-xenophobia march were shouting things back, mm-hmm. uh, to the others, you know. And so there was a very tense, you know, was a very tense atmosphere. Um, but I w- the, the, the police presence was very much there, and I think, I think for the for the marchers, I think the marchers felt they were being protected, mm. and I think I feel like the mobs uh, felt that they were, uh, you know, I think the, the police knew who they were who they were there to protect, okay. and who they were there to uh, protect from, yeah. uh, you know. So when so so when when the mobs bro- broke out later and there was tear gas again, like I said, you know, purely aesthetically, it's, it was kind of difficult to divide. The people who were involved in the march uh-huh. from the people that weren't. Um, and you know, so you basically had cops shooting on the ground, shooting in the air, uh, telling people to go home. 
you know, everybody just just go home. You know, we don't know what's going. Yeah, just, just go like, home. Shut it down. <laughs> I just want to end yeah, this. You know, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly. I mean, I'm starting to get a sense of what Durban actually is like. It's um, a war zone, is man. It, is it? Oh, there feels, we go. Because I want to ask, it feels is, like it, a, is it yeah. a CBD? Are people still going to work? Are shops open, or is it just literally done? And I mean, Durban CBD, especially not not the side of the whole province. I wouldn't speak yeah. uh, out for you know for any day other than Thursday. Okay. Uh, because okay. that's when I was there. Okay. However, on Thursday, when yeah. I was there on Thursday, it it it, it was it, it was a war zone. Shops were shops were shut down. Um, you know, game store, banks, uh, you know, restaurants, everything was shut down. Okay. Okay. Oh, man. Now I want to I want to get an understanding of what's going on in Gauteng. Right. Now Greg, you've been you've been doing some work in JP, some work in Alex as more recently and that's since that's that's this week. And I mean what's the situation down there? What's going on in, in, in Gauteng? Uh yeah, so in Gauteng there's the the violence I think initially started in if I'm right, it started sort of in Jeppy where there were just some of these guys who were from from the Jeppy men's hostel. Mm. Which was closely associated with the 2008 xenophobic attacks. Absolutely. Sort of, um, and there, there was a lot of rumors about what they might do and how they might be involved in this sort of thing. And so first of all, what happened, I think in the CBD, there were reports of, of guys looting or attacks in the CBD around sort of the, the Johannesburg and Dunfontein sort of areas. Yeah. But that didn't come to anything. And that actually seems to be stemmed largely more from these SMSs and WhatsApps going, going around. But people were still quite on edge. Then later that day, and I think this is last week Wednesday or something like that, later that afternoon, um, the, it turned out that the guys at the men's hostel started stoning some of the cars going past. And so I went down there for a little while, and it was more just a sort of standoff in the afternoon when I was down there. There were police on either end closing off the sort of men's hostel there, and, and different guys just they're just sort of amassing outside the hostel, not not violently, not threateningly really, but... When I walked up to speak to, oh, they're already, they're already throwing stones at some cars, so I guess that is violent, but mm. when I walked up to speak to some of them, the first I said, you know, what's going on? And they said, ah, we want to kill someone today. Mm. They don't, I don't think it was we want to. It's we're going to kill someone today. Jesus. And you know, what do you say when, yeah. when someone says that to you? It's just like, okay. You know, why? And these guys said, ah, these foreigners and, up the road, there's some foreign-owned around Jeppy, sort of not too far from the park, between the park and the men's hostel. Mm. There's a number of sort of um, mechanic uh, motor car workshops around there, and most of them are foreign-owned. And so so these guys sort of have to interact quite regularly with um, some of these foreigners. And they're pointing up the road saying, we're going to get these guys, you know, we're going to get these guys. And they were, they were accusing these foreigners of, number one, taking their jobs um, while while locals remain hungry and unemployed. And number two of bringing drugs into the country and selling drugs to children. And so they were talking tough at that time, but they won't do anything. Yet later that night, after I left, uh, because it's still quite dangerous around that area, they burnt quite a number of cars and looted quite a number of stores. And since then, it looked to be, I think in the next couple of days, it looked to be confined to this very small area around Jeppy, which which I was quite heartened by. Even though there was violence and there was a lot of threats and and some attacks in this area on foreigners, the stories I've heard about 2008 around Joburg, what happened was it just spread, spread like yeah. wildfire. Yeah. It starts in you know, starting Alex and then goes to the next township and the next you know, next area, next area, next area. You couldn't contain it. And journalists told me you're covering it. You couldn't you couldn't even get to all the different events. You know, mm-hmm. you you go to Alex or something and then it's happening over in Tembisa, right? Mm-hmm. And so I thought that was at least a little bit of a positive. It's happening in KZN, in select parts of KZN, and in a very small part of Johannesburg. But then what's happened in the next few days, it went over to the to the East Rand. Yeah. Um, I was in, I think it's called uh, Makawuse, uh, an informal settlement, a very, very run-down informal settlement um, on, when was it, Thursday or something like that, and foreigners have been chased away then. Um, over in Germiston, the same thing, foreigners were chased away. And then, of course, on the weekend, we saw the incidents of what happened in Alex. Overnight, there was violence. Last week, overnight, there was violence. And we all saw the picture from the Sunday Times on Sunday morning taken by James Oatway, which showed a, a Mozambican man um, being killed. I mean, Greg, you're... You're, I mean, I mean. First of all, thank you for putting yourself <laughs> at risk to make sure that you're at the heart of the story, yeah, and, and that's the only way we get to hear what what's actually going on. Um, I mean, you're talking to these people. I mean, so if you could give us a rundown, similar to what Lee did, of of what what's kind of the profile of the person who's sitting there and saying we're going to kill someone today. Hmm. I'd say I could, I could talk best about some of the guys I met around Jeppy, and that's yeah. an area that I've worked around in in before. Hmm. 
Um, these guys, well, from the Jeppe Men's Hostel, uh, most of them are migrants from KwaZulu Natal, and most of them have come here either, either to find work and, and the jobs they do that the guys I know are generally a fairly menial sort of jobs or, you know, sort of like uh, lower class jobs. They're, um, you know, they work at the tavern, they're taxi drivers, they're security guards, things like that. Um, a lot of them seem to be, they, Seems to be quite, you know, reasonable, nice guys. Like, we're not the ones I know normally, yeah. you know? But, but then it's just, they almost have this sort of belief in them that when something is sparked, and I think particularly, there were, I, I did hear some comments that, you know, we respect our king and, and he's expressing our sort of sentiments. And when the, I think when these sort of guys who live in a, with the hostels, they're still very much like a barracks. Yeah. Um, set up and, and run sort of by the, by the Indunas around there. And they're quite prone to this sort of male group mentality yeah. and, and also quite prone to, to violence when, when it's sparked. Um, sort of going back to, I don't think that, that culture has really ever left since the nineties when we saw, when we saw a lot of the wars between yeah. ANC, IFP, um, at, at the different hostels around, particularly around Johannesburg. And with that still being there, so many of these men crammed into these small spaces, working menial jobs or in Johannesburg looking for work. Um, I think it's really, really easy to, to spark their anger and outrage and let that turn into violence. Even if when I talk to these guys, they're often fairly reasonable sort of guys. Yeah. Most of them are quite traditional. Mm. Traditional is always the ones I know at least. Every time I'm there, they always ask me, oh, how's, how's you know... Your girlfriend, yeah. and when are you going to pay La Bola? Yeah. And <laughs> every single time, I think I'm like, oh, I don't know, not yet. But you know, so these are quite sort of traditional guys, and yeah, I think it's 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 really hard to sort of I think decipher yeah. how the how this does turn into such violence. Yeah. Mm. But I think once you add alcohol to the mix, that is that's quite a thing too. So when was it? I think it was on Thursday yeah. night. I was at the Jeppe Hostel and. During the day, it was mostly peaceful. Then in the afternoon, there'd been, there, there were sort of different clashes with police off and on. And then in the afternoon, they decided we want to take some sort of action. One of the kids even there, around there said, ah, the police said at this time we can kill foreigners. I think what it was was the police said, just relax mm-hmm. until this afternoon. You know, maybe you can have a march or something in the afternoon. I think the police were just trying to get the foreigners out of the area, let them clear their And stores. then let, the, let these right? guys do whatever they But these guys thought they'd be able, they, they decided they're going to take some sort of action in the afternoon. And so we went down as journalists and stuff and sort of walked a little, little bit closer. And then these guys were sort of performing for us in a way. Like, well, I think then we did incite them or instigate them a little bit. So you've got, you know, 20 or 30 journalists there with, uh, you know, uh, still, uh, mm-hmm. still cameras, video cameras, whatnot. And, and so these guys were quite drunk in the afternoon. All of a sudden they've all got sticks, knob mm-hmm. carries, um, sharpened steel poles, yeah. bottles in their hands, rocks, axes, all sorts of weapons, you know. And they really just start, I guess, trying to sort of show the media that we're tough, yeah. you know, and and we're going to stand our ground and we're going to sort of put some, we're going to put put sort of either violence or some sort of show on display right now. And so they're coming quite close to us, media, as you're trying to take a picture, you know, they'll try to sort of scissor kick you in the head or like, but just just missing, you know, on purpose. And they're doing yeah. we're trying to hold them. Oh, back. so trying to just trying to show you and but, trying to put well, on a show. It, it was hard to say whether it was showmanship okay. or they actually wanted to kill us or not kill us, but you know, attack us because it was quite close and it was, yeah. it was quite threatening. It was one of those situations where it was, we sort of decided to leave because you know, if you stayed there, it was us trying to show we're not scared of these guys yeah. and them trying to show they're not scared of us and then you know they're not going to hold back just because we're there and it got to one of those situations where in the end it's best just to leave because someone could get hurt here and no one no one really needs to get hurt unnecessarily just trying to do their job in the media so but i think the key thing there is that it was fueled i think by alcohol most of these guys have been sitting around all day and you have got like a medium-sized group who just who just sort of want action want violence as well want to get involved in something and also i think a lot of these guys have Quite difficult lives, you know. They're not really prospering, and they're they're living in what I think is a shithole, the JP Hostel. And so, if there's an opportunity to loot a store, mm-hmm. so that that is combined with these sort of elements, anti-foreigner elements, opportunism. Yeah, and, you can get there's opportunities involved. Yeah, yeah. You can loot a store, you can get some scrap metal, you can steal some alcohol or some petty cash. I mean, I've been I've been trying to figure out what things are, are really like on the ground, but and and I think I was especially surprised when you mentioned that that somebody fired a gun when you were down in Alex. That somebody just 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 fired a gun out of a window? Yeah, I think that's... When that happened yesterday, I realized just how heightened, I think, the 
the whole sort of situation in society has become. It's things are just so tense right now. So, what happened yesterday? The EFF uh, organized sort of like a mini, mini rally, a little door to door walkabout in Alexandro, um, which was going to be addressed by its uh, commander in chief, Julius Malema. Mm. And so, so we got there at about, I think, four o'clock. Got there at about four, and then. And then, you know, there's some sort of singing, some sort of dancing. And then we, we walked down the streets, you know, with these guys with their anti-xenophobia placards and things like that. And we get to sort of across the road from the Alex Men's Hostel there. And people sort of open their windows, quite a big old brick structure. People open their windows to look at us. And, and then, then, so after that, they open the windows to look at us. And some, some of them yell down a little bit like that. And, Eventually what happened was, as these guys, these EFF guys are toy-toying with anti-xenophobia signs, is all of a sudden we just hear five, five cracks. And it ended up being, I, first I thought it was firecrackers, you know, you don't think for gunshots straight away. Then look around a little bit, look around a bit, one guy had been shot in the leg. What happens when somebody fires a gun during a xenophobic protest? We'll find out just after this break. It has been locked away from the eyes of the world. Chained, never to be released. But now, it wants to get out. Stay tuned to Cleft Central weekdays to find out how you can unleash the Jeep Renegade. Find hidden codes and videos posted by Jeep SA and you could win Jeep Renegade prizes. As well as become the person to single-handedly unleash the Jeep Renegade upon the shores of South Africa. Are you renegade enough? I'm a renegade, I just hit the ground running. Visit unleashrenegade.co.za to find out. T's and C's apply. At Sibanye Gold, we believe leaders are made, not born. We also believe we can create a sustainable legacy by helping to develop tomorrow's leaders today. Which is why we have partnered with the Leadership Platform to nurture leaders who are committed to growing our country's economy. We are proud to say it's an initiative that's already showing glittering results. Sibanya Gold. We are one. Welcome back to the Daily Maverick Show on Cliff Central. I'm joined in studio by Lee Molefi and Greg Nicholson. Uh, we're talking all things xenophobia in the country. We've had about three weeks of, of violence um, in KZN, in Gauteng, uh, mostly against, not mostly, but especially against uh, foreign nationals. So we're really just trying to, to get a, firstly a recap of what, what's going on in Gauteng, what's going on in KZN, and then dig a bit deeper into what, into, into what, what causes this and what, and what pushes somebody, um, you know, to these, to these, uh, to these, Measures to, to, to get their point across. Um, now just before the break, Greg, you were, you were telling us about when you were in Alex and, 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 and during an, an EFF protest and, and somebody fired a gun. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So someone, someone from the men's hostel and Alex fired a gun from one of the open windows. I didn't see the person fire the gun. I saw other people pointing to where he, they said he fired from, but it was quite weird after it happened. So, you know, this sort of thing, it's surreal. So, Initially, I didn't, I didn't think it was deep enough to be gunshots. The, the, I didn't think the sound was deep enough. And then, so I was thinking, yeah, it's firecrackers or something like that. So I don't know what it is, but all of a sudden. Fire blowing or something. Yeah, or, you know, something. And then, but people ran. People ran straight away. Mm. And I was thinking, oh, you know, these guys are just a bit scared and yeah. tense. Then I see a EFF supporter being held up by, by other, other fighters and he'd been shot just under the knee. The bullet went through his, his leg and he was actually quite calm about it all. He had a cigarette. He wasn't crying out and moaning or anything like that, but he was quite calm about it and his comrades, uh, sort of protected him from, from the media, them taking photos of him. But the shocking thing is, and I think this is a real indictment on, on efforts to curb some of this violence, is that no police turned up. This guy stood on the side of the road, um, with it, with the other fighters supporting him for about five minutes, maybe a little bit more, mm. maybe even ten minutes. Still, EFF supporters were sort of gathered a little bit further down the road, out of out of sight from the window that sort of shot, but still in in range of the hostel. And no police. There were police down the road when we started marching. They didn't come with us. They didn't drive up the road. They didn't go to the hostel. Then ambulance only turned up, I think, maybe forty five minutes later or something. But by Jeez, then, forty five minutes. By then, some guys had already taken him in a in a car, you know, right. to to get get help. Um, and. That I found really worrying. Mm. A, a crowd of, you know, guy, guys who were marching, and I think they had a permit. The, the police didn't even come, even though gun, people opened fire on them. And, and I was standing there right at, right at the front, not far from where this guy could have been shot. Any, anyone could have been shot by someone just opening fire in the crowd. And obviously that raised tensions a lot. I was surprised that the EFF members sort of 
didn't try to attack the hostiles. Yeah, try to get their own guns or anything crazy. I like don't that. think there are enough of them to to attempt anything like that. And these hostiles are particularly known for being dangerous. Mm. Um, so then what happens is we we sort of wa- eventually walked back down the street. These guys were angry, um, and Julius Malema turned up, and then all attention shifted to him. Malema, I think, like like a lot of the ANC politicians as well, he said of the general situation that the king never said we should attack and hound foreigners out, out of the country, even though mm. a lot of people differ with that. Mm. He said that this isn't xenophobia, it's criminality, which a lot of the ANC politicians are also saying. Yeah. But he encouraged people to try and take back their streets from crime. He encouraged people to step up and confront this thing. And he also encouraged people to look at the political situation rather than using foreigners as a scapegoat. He sort of said, if if we chase all Zimbabweans out of the country, do you think you're going to have a job? No. You know, just because the Zimbabwean guys are gone doesn't mean all of a sudden every local is going to have a job. Yeah. He, he as, as Malema is wont to do, he laid the blame at the ANC politicians for not doing enough to improve our country, improve the services, improve the living conditions. Um, he also blamed white minority capital and, and, and big business. Absolutely. I mean, Greg, I like that you're taking us now into, into sort of the solution space. Um, because, because for me, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, um, what, you know, what pushes a regular, like yeah. otherwise law abiding citizen to, to a point where they would want to kill somebody else or even worse, bu- you know, burn somebody's home or burn somebody. Mm. Um, and we've, we've raised so many issues. So we've, there's issues of migrant labor that Greg mentioned, some things around poverty and unemployment. And it sounds like such a tangled web. You know, I mean, I, I don't think we're, we're getting anywhere close to one neat root cause that says this sure. is the problem. So if, I mean, so I'm struggling here with this, like, with this messy, um, mix of, 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 of that, that creates the root cause of, of, of how we arrive at this point. So how, how do we begin to talk solutions if the, if the problem is so intertwined? It's immigration policy, yeah. it's poverty, it's unemployment and it's housing and so on. Sorry, Lee. I, th- I think, I think we need to look at, uh, sort of the culture of civic engagement. So if everything you've mentioned, yeah. uh, unemployment, um, you know, immigration issues, etc. Um, every single citizen in the country has the right to hold a one or other position on any of those matters. Absolutely. Right. However, things can become problematic uh, as far as how we engage in those debates uh, when that comes into the fray. Now, we need to be wary that in South Africa, uh, we do have a culture uh, we've inherited a culture where um, civic engagement finds itself, I mean, by a strike and protest action. And, and, and you see this with, uh, with, with, with council rides, uh, you know, with service delivery issues, with, you know, people are going to burn things. You know, people are going to, you know, we, we, we read stories all the time of people burning down councillors' houses mm. and so forth. Yeah. So I think in the long-term instance, yeah. um, there's the fact that we need to cultivate a renewed culture of civic engagement. There's that. Right. And, 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 and that's a, however, in the short term, uh, we do need to see strong police action. We do need to see, uh, strong, uh, you know, a, a, a stronger leadership, stronger institutional leadership in the short term. And yeah, so for example, um, you know, and, and I mean, anything from, from a measure of intent to ensuring the safety of people in the short term, we definitely need, uh, stronger institutional leadership. However, in the long term, it's a lot more intricate than that. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a lot late. It's, it's a lot more late than that, like you say. And, and, and we really need, need a renewed way of, of engaging in some of the most difficult issues. Racism is an issue that could get people, uh, blowing stuff up in, in, in a little while. Unemployment has been getting people to blow stuff up for a while. Uh, now xenophobia. We need to kind of take a step back and look at the larger context of, 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 of our political culture, uh, and interrogate that. Um, if we do want to have a long-term solution. Okay, so you're saying in in the long term, it's less, it's it's less about the individual issues, whether it's like service delivery here, or xenophobia yeah. there, and so on. You're saying how do we, as a nation, right. engage in, in in sort of civic issues? How do we represent ourselves? Politically? Absolutely. And you're uh, saying that's the problem there. We are a society, yeah. uh, post a post-apartheid society. That has a, a, a lot of problematic attitudes, uh, a lot of ethnic differences, racial differences, uh, class differences. And these are all things that can incite uh, unrest. These are all things that can incite trouble. So what we should be looking at here is, A, first of all, we do need to contend uh, with the makeup of our society. And that's always going to bring contentious issues up. Uh, so the key thing that we need to look at here is how do we ensure or how do we enforce, maybe it's even a matter of enforcing yeah. a culture where we don't tolerate violence, 
uh, and we are aware that all violence is often is often the primary or the default means of expression. Uh, and, and, and you know, and, and we need to change that because, as far as our society goes, the makeup of our society, we have a lot of issues that we need to contend with. Um, and you know, if we don't find productive um, ways of, of of contending with them, then we are we we, we could be in trouble. Oh. And I think actually, sorry, just just no, very quickly, please, I think yeah. this is a great opportunity, uh, you know, f- for us to set those precedents right now. I think I think something like this should be used. As a, we should look at this as an opportunity uh, to look at how we can ensure that in future. So, for example, two thousand eight, this happened. Really, as a society, we didn't change much. We all, you know, we we did go on a no xenophobia tangent even in two thousand eight. Yeah. What does that change now? Seven years later, so we really need to look at you know. Um, Contextualize long-term uh, solutions because otherwise we're going to see these things continue as a cycle, as a harmful cycle, all over and over and over and over again. Great. I like that you bring that up. I think that I mean that's something I wish you know I'd love to look at is how, is how yeah. do you how do you change how a how a whole country engages in, in civic matters and just yeah. say guys we, there are issues how do we deal with those you know yeah I mean that's not something I'd love to look into I'm, I mean something I've been seeing that's been written about and said a couple times is this idea that the VIP campaign I'm sorry okay. I, I, I had to <laughs> he's I like, had to plug so Lee is standing up hands in the air and he's like I have the answer to all of South Africa's problems yeah. Lee hit us the right VIP campaign well, look, look, I mean you know us. look okay honestly you know this no, I mean serious, I, 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 yeah. I like that you bring this up because this yeah. is an area uh, you know that we've been working in for a while who's we you know, who's um, we Liberty Africa, you know, it's, uh, it's the organization uh, that, 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 that I work for. Yeah. Um, you know, we started something called the VIP campaign, which, which, which was about getting young people involved in the democratic process, uh, particularly, uh, you know, looking at the elections last year. However, you know, we went into that. We went into a full year of trying to develop content uh, that we would feed to a young audience uh, to get them inspired. And, and if anything, we found that this needs to be a continuum. A, first of all, you can't just have content coming from one direction to the other, insights coming from one from one direction into uh, the youth demographic and, not, and nothing else. It has we to found be conversation. It has to be conversational. Yeah. There's a lot that we don't know about young people in South Africa, particularly their political engagement. There's a lot that we don't know about South Africa, period. You know, And, and for us, uh, you know... Uh, Particularly toward the end of last year, we worked on a lot of, of content that wasn't so much us saying, hey, these are your options or this is... No, no. It was more what is going on. So, for example, I remember we wrote an article on the VITS SRC elections yeah. where the idea was we're going to interrogate... Um, you know, what ideal, what, what ideological shifts there may be, there may be emerging amongst young people, amongst young political players. You know, and a lot, in fact, you know, in that article, which you can check out on livemag.co.z. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, so, uh, the EFF contingent, the, the, the EFF, um, uh, sort of the VITS EFF contingent mm. spoke about the renaming of buildings at VITS University as something that's problematic, you know. And so when I look at that, uh, I, I, I think, you know, we should have, in fact, if, if anything, that should have served as, 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 you know, as, 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 as a sign, you know, or of notice of the fact that there are these conversations happening, such as Rose must fall, mm. you know, and, and that, you know, we do need to be able to unearth, uh, bellowing ideas amongst young people, uh, you know, in, 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 in order to be A, in, to contend with, with the issues of our society and B, to be able to trace how people are civically get, are, are getting civically engaged. So this year, you know, we, 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 we're kickstarting VIP 2.0, uh, which is a lot more of a feedback loop. Uh, so, you know, uh, check it out. I, I think, I, th- I think it's really important that, you know, we, we find ways of, of, of providing platforms. I mean, technology, using technology, apps and so forth, uh, to allow people to, to, to engage and, and discuss on any range of issues. Um, you know, and, and kind of make it feel very natural and very, and, and very home to them. And I, and I know this is a very, very small part of it, but, but, you know, basically what I'm saying is we need to have more conversations. We need to create a plat, uh, an environment where this, that allows for more public debate. Absolutely. So people uh, can be pissed off. I'm not absolutely, saying don't, don't, don't be pissed off. In fact, please engage, be passionate, be excited, sure. be pissed off. For sure. But then what do you do with that? Like, do you, do you know the avenues to talk about it? Do you have a space where as a young person you can make this happen? And, this, you know. And you guys at Liberty are, are doing just that. That is absolutely what we're trying to do, man. And, and, you know, um, it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's, it's, it's an interesting sort of, I mean, Greg, 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 uh, yeah. No, I was just thinking in terms of, in terms of the solution of trying to increase our civic engagement and transform our civic engagement away from 
we're angry, let's burn something. I think it's more complex than that. I really do think that we do need more conversations and more organizations that can channel um, discussion and engagement down the right platforms. But I think given the history of of civic engagement in the, in the country, which has often often sort of been quite, quite violent, um, considering the rise against apartheid, and considering there are so many issues and such little attention given to them, um, I think they're just prone to lead to violence because that's the only way you can get attention. I mean, Greg, I mean, thanks for bringing that up. There's, I mean, there's somebody who's just about to bring on that we can ask about that. So we're just about to go through to Mark uh, Buffo of, of the African Diasporan Forum. Uh, Mark, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you. Thank oh. you very much for having no, me. No, no, fantastic. Thank you for coming on. Now, Mark, can you tell us a bit about, a bit about the work you're doing at the, at the African Diasporan Forum, ADF? Well, the African Diaspora yeah. Forum was created in 2008 after the xenophobic attack, uh, after the outbreak, in fact. And uh, what we did is that uh, we identified um, uh, some, some, uh, some um, uh, what you call it, uh, some uh, townships. And we went down to Alexandra, where the outbreak started. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of did, uh, did some... Um, uh, some uh, workshop with uh, schools. We we went to the schools because we told ourselves that if we manage to convince one learner, the learner can take what he has been learning with uh, to his parents and try convince uh, his parents about uh, 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 the way he he or she sees things. So um, we've been training the, the learners. We've been engaging uh, with embassies. Because uh, what we did is that uh, we wanted to, uh, to to teach the learners about uh, Africa, the rest of the continent, because we believe that uh, because of the history of the country of uh, of South, South Africa, maybe uh, many kids, many parents didn't have uh, uh, the chance to go to to, to 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 the rest of the continent. Mm. So we say let let us take Africa because we are here and we are like a potential. We can. Uh, uh, use the experience, uh, our experience, their our cultures. We can teach them here. So let us tell them about uh, our cultures, and also let us learn about uh, the culture of South Africa. So we've been interacting with the learners, and after a few weeks, after let's say four, six weeks, you can uh, go to a classroom and you see the learners are singing the national anthem of Nigeria, of of Zimbabwe of Ivory Coast and so on and so forth. So 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 uh, we, we, we we told them that they can form a small cabinet of 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 of, uh, uh, of, of four ministers and one president and the president is is named after the the country that they have they have chosen. And you see that the exercise is you choose the four ministers according to the problems in the country there. So this helps the kids to go and research about the, of the country, what are the challenges in that country, why the people of that country can come to South Africa. Uh, and uh, and uh, you, you see, they, they, they've been doing these uh, mm. ex- this, uh, this exchanges. And Mark, and you, so, uh, so, sorry, Mark, I just wanted to take you a step back there slightly. So you're doing uh, work on educating South African students about other African countries, which, which I guess we hope will create tolerance and that tolerance will spread. But where are we at the moment, considering these attacks? Looking from the African diaspora's for our perspective, is South Africa a xenophobic country? Well, we South Africa is not a xenophobic country. It's different uh, from people in South Africa. Some people in South Africa are xenophobic. South mm-hmm. Africa is not a xenophobic country, but some people in South Africa are xenophobic. And that's what we were trying to tell government at the beginning of the, the outbreak this year. We told government because uh, uh, we were playing over a name, which name to give this is criminal activities. No, let us not call it that. Let us call it Afrophobia and, and so on and so forth. We say there are people in South Africa who are xenophobic. How do we work together to change the mindset uh, uh, of, of these people? There's a small group. I mean, South Africa is uh, over 50 million People. If they don't want, they all don't want uh, migrants here. You won't see any migrants. But uh, there are a group, a few, if, uh, I mean, uh, uh, a number of people who definitely don't want. I mean, you can uh, you can interview people. Uh, anyone can interview people and come up uh, with with this. So 
those who don't want to see uh, migrants, and uh, 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 given that South Africa cannot uh, isolate itself, today South Africa is out to the world, and that's why the world is coming to South Africa. How do we work around that so that uh, they don't see migrants as a threat, they don't see migrants as people who are coming in the country to steal jobs, they don't yeah. see migrants uh, as people who are coming to destroy uh, South Africa, but they see them as an opportunity for them to experience the rest of the world and use them, use uh, uh, the migrants who are coming here as business opportunities, as as, uh, yeah. as uh, a, a experience based on uh, what they're doing in the different countries and so on and, and so forth. And I've got two very quick questions for you. And is, is, is that how you would define somebody that's xenophobic? Some, somebody that sees, uh, people that come, I mean, migrants as, as people that threaten their own security? Or is that, or is it somebody that resorts to violent means to express that? Look, I mean, are you talking about, uh, how they express their, xenoph- their xenophobic attitudes? Yeah. So, I mean, you yeah. know, so sit apart, setting apart the, the xenophobic attitude, which was probably a lot more prevalent than people who violently uh, act out xenophobically. And so w- w- what I want to w- what I want to talk about here is how do we define the xenophobe? I mean, for the purposes of the person who's sitting at home and thinking, well, I wouldn't, in fact, do this. I wouldn't actually become violent. However, I have these certain beliefs. Does that constitute a xenophobe? Does that if somebody believes that migrants threaten their security? Uh, yet also believes that they wouldn't go out and attack anybody. Is that a xenophobe? Look, uh, currently, if you can hear it from many voices, yeah, uh, of I agree. Uh, migrants, uh, drug, uh, drug dealers, yeah. the, the, the kind of stereotype that they put right. uh, when they're talking about migrants or migration. Sure. You see, these, some people at the grassroots level, yeah. uh, because they cannot engage in, in a conversation, in a discussion, to find a solution or to understand uh, the, 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 uh, the, the migrant yeah. or, or migration issues. So they're taking, they're saying, if this group of people called migrants are so negative, yeah, I agree. Let, me, let me try and chase them from the area. So, so they're using the means that they're having to chase them, is that when I beat them, they leave the area. When I burn them, others will leave the area, and, and, and so on and so, so forth. So I think what should be done is that... So, it's, so the, the, the issue here is, is wider than just people who go out and would want to kill. You know, the issue here is many, many people have xenophobic attitudes, and that's what we should tackle because that is what fuels the violence. Am, am, am I yes. understanding correctly? So it's, it's much, much bigger than just saying, hey, we have xenophobes in Alexandra that we'd need to go out and get and get. It's it's a lot more like, hey, you know what? We need to uh, audit our ideas and, our, and, 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 our, and, and the beliefs of many, many people who would otherwise claim not to be xenophobic. Is, is, is... So, so what, what sometimes we are saying is that uh, given that uh, um, South Africa, the history of the country itself, uh, it yeah. can be that uh, some people, uh, some people who unfortunately didn't have a chance uh, to to go to school, might turn to be violent. But uh, the, the xenophobic attitude yeah. is in some institutions. It's not only uh, uh, the, at the grassroots level that we found that when you go to the police stations, how mm-hmm. are they, how how a policeman receives you as a migrant. Mm. When you go to home at first, I mean, we saw as uh, the African Diaspora Forum, our members experienced so many times uh, some, some violence attitude from the security guard who, who are beating them or, uh, or uh, don't even allow them to, to enter the premises of the home at first. And, and uh, I mean, even some municipalities, when you go, people who are working on migration issues, uh, the way they they can come to a meeting with you, but you, because you are a migrant, he doesn't even have one minute to greet you. Mm, he mm. just tell you what he feels, and uh, he wants you to go back. Uh, Mark, so, it's, so, it's clear you're doing some really, really important work. Mark, for people listening in who, who want to support you, how do we how do we get a hold of the idea? The African Diaspora Forum. Uh, I mean, you can you can get hold of us on the www. 
www.org.za okay. and uh, our our office number is 011-487-0269. Okay, fantastic. We'll make sure to tweet that. Mark, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you very much, Fant- for having Fantastic. Okay. Um, if you're just tuning in, uh, we're on the Daily Mavic show on Cliff Central. We're talking all things xenophobia. Just actually wrapping up, Greg, I know you wanted to, to, to say a couple of things. I think obviously we have to look at the next step as to what's going to happen from now. Absolutely. I think that's a big question. What now? The first thing is that we have to end this current spate of violence and yep. make, ensure that it doesn't spread any further than it has yep. so far. And from that, we need to make sure we hold those accountable that are committing this sort of violence. Police need to make arrests and those people need to go through court and be charged. Hmm. They also need to maintain a strong presence on the street. And people, I think average people in some of these areas that are seeing xenophobia must be able to speak out about it and inform the police and do their best to try and keep that down. And now as we're seeing the army who's going to come in, which could potentially... Yeah, I think, could that just potentially, happened. I think you, just, right. you mentioned that just happened, that the defense minister said that the army, that they plan to send the army into Alex. So that could also escalate the situation, but, yeah, but, but that's also... That's my question. Is it, is, it, is it something we should be... Pause, receive positive to say when, thank when, God. Whenever the army goes out into yeah. communities, I think we should yeah. be cautious. But okay. my personal opinion is that it's necessary in this case okay. and to go into select specific areas. That's how far this situation has got out of hand. And yeah. the political leaders should have taken stronger action condemning some of these attacks much earlier to perhaps perhaps try and prevent the continued outbreak of xenophobic violence so we wouldn't have to send in the army. So first things first, we need to stop this current uh, round of violence. But xenophobia and attacks on foreigners is something that's been going on not just now in 2008. It's been been sort of going on ever since. And it fits into our violent society that not only results in crime and attacks on the individual body, also also is a systemic violence against mm-hmm. our dignity yeah. and and the dignity of the lives we have in in the country. Right. We cannot we cannot end this thing. We'll be doomed to repeat all these tragedies unless we tackle the poverty, unemployment, inequality, and unless we can hold our political leaders to account. Absolutely, Greg. I mean, there's, there's no way I can say it much better than that. Um, I think the only thing you haven't mentioned is the idea of civic engagement. Um, and Lee's, and Lee's given us a bit of a point of, of, of their work that they're doing there. Lee, could you just tell yeah. us a bit about how to get a hold of Liberty? For sure. Um, you, you can get a hold of us, uh, I mean, on, on, on Twitter and social media. That's uh, at LiveVIPZA mm-hmm. or at LiveMag. Uh, you can contact me, uh, Lee.Malifi at LiveMag.co.za. And, and, you know, we'd be very, we'd be very, very happy, uh, you know, to, to, to talk and, and to get a conversation going. Please follow our content. Uh, importantly, we, we, we are running a, a body of content on, on what's been happening. Uh, so yeah, you know, as, as much engagement as possible, uh, is, I think is, is the way of beating this in the long term. Public debate, as much engagement, uh, yeah. Fantastic, Lee. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Greg, some final thoughts. Finally, I think, I think one, one of the silver linings for this, this event, if, if there can be any sort of silver lining for, Barbaric attacks such as these is yeah. that South Africans, many South Africans have stood up yeah. and asserted their values and Absolutely. said that this is not okay. I agree. They've, they've, they've stood up and they've supported the, those offering aid and refuge to, to the victims of these attacks. But I think going ahead, we must remember that we can not only do that when, when the worst of the worst happens. We have to stay engaged and be asserting our ethics and values continually over the political cycle and all the time before these things stand up, before yeah. we have to see the Sunday Times, a guy getting stabbed in the heart. Yeah, and I agree. I think in the short term, we, we do need to see violence never being tolerated, ever. Um, and, and, and yeah, and, and I think South Africans need to continue to show their faces against xenophobia. Fantastic. I yeah. think that's all the time we have. Thank you for tuning into The Daily Maverick Show, cliffcentral.com. The Daily Maverick Show on cliffcentral.com.